Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the show as we get going on what's going to be a fun, action-packed, fast-moving Friday edition of the show. Mr. Adrian brought us right across the glass. You just heard SportsCenter from him a moment ago. Adrian looks great. He looks refreshed. His skin looks amazing. But we'll talk about why that is later in the show. In the meantime, uh, we got a lot to cover today. In fact, Sweet 16, Chapin in action. Excited about that. And by the way, um, you know, I know that uh, Deaver Fever is out there right now. I believe Deves is uh, is covering uh, at Chapin, and I would expect uh, nothing less. They're going to be playing O.D. Wyatt, uh, and that game is going to tip off, I think, at 5 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Winner is going to get <clears throat> Amarillo and Mansfield Summit. And by the way, that's a really good game. And if you're wondering about that game, you should be interested in that because – David Terrell is playing in that game right now. So, minor fans, he'll be coming to the Haskins Center next year. But right now, he's playing for uh, Mansfield uh, Summit and trying to stay alive in the state playoffs because they are 11th in the state. Amarillo is 7th. And as we mentioned, thanks to Deaver, um, Summit has a one-point lead and... Yes, David Terrell is on that team. So uh, excited about that. That's, that's, that's even more interest. And by the way, nice job by Colin Deaver getting to Wichita Falls. That's a long drive. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I know there is a conglomerate of El Paso media out there. Really? Um, there like is. Who? There's El Paso Sports Network. That crew is out there Very today. Very nice. Uh, Felix Chavez out there for the El Paso Times as well. So you got three I get three media outlets. So you got a, man, several media outlets out there who made the trip. Okay. But I'll say this. As far as uh, this game that you're mentioning right here goes, Felix Chavez wrote earlier in the first quarter that the barrage of three pointers was the most that he's seen by any two teams that that he saw, you know, to wrap up the first quarter. So hey, David Terrell, if he's gonna bring that three point prowess to El Paso, it's exactly what the miners need, right? That is that is exactly what the miners need. I couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, apparently uh, Summit and Amarillo tied at thirty eight after three quarters. And Colin Deaver says extremely competitive between those two teams. So that's excellent. <clears throat> it looks like a great atmosphere. I love the uh, arena that they're playing in. It looks like a real college basketball um, gym. And hey, yes. for Chapin, they just experienced a real uh, college basketball gym this past round. So hey, they'll get an opportunity to now do it on the road. Who plays in Wichita Falls? I don't know, but I love this stadium. I, I don't know which one this is or where they're playing at. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too uh, where this is because it does seem like a. Um, you're right, like a nice gym. And by the way, Terrell had a wide-open follow that he uh, that he was a little too strong with at the end of the third quarter. I don't know if you saw it, but he had great position on the rebound, just uh, couldn't uh, couldn't bring it home. No, I didn't get a chance to see that one right there. But uh, I, I will say this, the fact that he's playing at this level, it shows he's also oh. a winner, Steve. That's pretty cool. I bet you they're playing at the Midwestern State University gym. I that bet makes you that's, sense. I bet yeah. you that's where it is, because Wichita Falls, Texas is the home of Midwestern State University. And that's probably where they're going uh, in terms of these games. Because that that does make sense. And, you know, the gym probably holds a couple thousand. It's called the Bruce and Graciela Red Wine Student Wellness Center. 
And uh, it looks like, you know, that thing is, uh, you know, it's got everything you need. So I don't know how many people it holds, but it looks pretty nice. So, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, most likely where the game is today. But um, good to see that Chapin will be playing there soon enough. And good way for us to start things off, right? Good way for us to start things off. Um, UTEP, let's get to that. Last night. Well, I was really hoping that UTEP would would win this game. It wasn't the case. So, interestingly enough, Western Kentucky has size. And it seems like big teams really hurt this UTEP team this year. It it, it really is the case. And um, see, here's the problem, okay? When you have big teams, UTEP has a harder time getting baskets down low than they normally do. And yesterday was a great example. They struggled in the paint, had to rely on more shooting, which they're not. And, you know, guys that have played well against undersized opponents struggled yesterday. And, you know, case in point, uh, look at UTEP's bigs yesterday. Uh, when they went up against Western Kentucky. And you'll notice that in that game, um, Zarek Onyema, one of six from the field. Non-factor. Kalu, one of one in 12 minutes of play. Solomon, six of 14. I mean, really, this was a game in which Solomon, Givens, and Hardy were the uh, the X-Factors. And we've we've said this about Onyema. Uh, during the year, that he was in a great groove. But when you're going up against a team that's got a 7-5 center and has more height than you're used to, I mean, what, Hamilton is 6-8. And then, you know, you got the big 7-5 kid, uh, Sharp. You're going to struggle down low. And now is the case. I mean, really, you know, Zarek couldn't get anything going yesterday, and it's just because... It's a bigger team. And we've seen it all year long, Adrian. Onyema will struggle against teams with size. And he'll perform best against undersized opponents. With uh, last night's games, uh, you know, I just felt like the game plan was not there for UTEP. Like, they kept trying to do these backdoor alley-oops that just didn't work against Western uh, Kentucky. And for Western Kentucky, I thought that they were able to get behind or by all of UTEP's defense. Like, yesterday's problem to me really was on the defensive side for the Miners. They had no answer defensively. And on offense, you're right. You know, they couldn't get the points in the the paint like they're used to. Uh, Zarek Onyema has been on a tear as of late, but you're right. He's... He's going up against a seven foot five uh, center, and he's unable to go up against him in, in a positive way. Like yesterday, right. he struggled mightily. They didn't really have an answer. They threw Kalu in, and he did a little bit better, which I thought they should have just uh, stuck with him or gone a little smaller. And they actually hit three pointers last night. So offensively, it wasn't that much of an issue. I had problems with the defense yesterday and how uh, they weren't able to stop Western Kentucky. Sharp had three fouls in the first half, and he didn't pick up his fourth until about three minutes left in the game. He somehow, I mean, I just don't get this. you got a 7-5 player with three fouls. I would have just tried to attack him every time and go right at him and force you into having him go out of the game with a fourth foul, but it never happened. He stayed in the game, and he was big on the defensive side. A lot of block shots yesterday. I think he had six, 
six That's blocks right. uh, to go along with 10 points and nine rebounds. And yet, you're right, the defense was a problem. Look, UTEP prides themselves on defense. Like, we know they can't shoot well at all, okay? We know that. We know they turn the ball over a lot. But the one thing you'll say about UTEP is they work hard and they play defense. Last night, the Hilltoppers shot almost 60% against UTEP. 29 of 49. And they got most of their points from inside, in like down low. They didn't just they didn't just shoot well against UTEP. They beat them at their own game. They beat them inside. And even on the glass, it felt like they got all the right rebounds in this game. Western Kentucky, whenever it mattered most, they could get the bucket. Davion McKnight. He was I amazing. Mean, he, yeah, and, and that's that's the difference, Steve. You talk about size and what Western Kentucky brought to the table. It's also physicality. Like, you look at some of those guys, they're men. They Jarius Hamilton was somebody that UTEP recruited, if you remember, uh, two years ago when Golding first got here. Uh, he ends up at Western Kentucky. And you know what? I'm not going to tell you he's a a top player in Conference USA, but he's a nice piece to have on a rotation in which you just need a lot of physicality. And for the Hilltoppers, he could bring that. This Hilltopper team, by the way, I feel like it's very talented. They probably underperformed to where they they could have actually gone uh, for the rest of the season. But nonetheless, I I felt like they totally out-physicaled UTEP yesterday. They did. And by the way, how Western Kentucky is 16-14 and 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 8-11 in the league is a mystery to me. This was the second uh, overall team predicted in the preseason polls. They thought they were going to finish number two. And instead, they're seventh right now in Conference USA. Seventh instead of two. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's a surprise. Um, and, you know, you talked about the story I wrote earlier today. Hey, this is interesting, okay? So there's really two scenarios for tomorrow with UTEP. Either they win or they lose against Middle Tennessee. And... I really don't know if it matters because the way they're playing right now, they're not going to get out of Wednesday's first round game. I mean, they're going to, they're going to, they would be lucky, lucky to win Wednesday against anybody in this league right now. I mean, you know, we've seen this script play out so many times. They play, they play good enough to right, be right there at the end, but they just struggle to finish. It's the same story every single game. Now, occasionally you'll get their wins, like the, the way they played against FIU. You'll get some of those occasionally. But, man, in these close games, UTEP, I mean, I can't even let me have to look at the schedule right now, Adrian. And let me see how many of these 17 losses have been within under, you know, under 10 points. Five points to Western Kentucky. They got blown out by FAU, and they beat FIU. But they lost uh, to eight. Uh, they lost by eight to North Texas in overtime. They lost by thirteen against UAB. Um, they lost by nine to Charlotte. Five to Western Kentucky on the road. Twelve to Middle Tennessee. Ten to North Texas. Eight to FAU. One to Rice. Two to La Tech. Five to Rice. Six to UAB. One to Kent State. Like, uh, there's a number of losses that were that have been close games. And it just seems like whenever UTEP is in it, down the stretch, it's so difficult to, to pull out these big wins. I mean, the FIU win, they were up 18, and they ended up winning by five. But, you know, close wins, Charlotte on the road, that was a close win. Um, but for the most part, and so was Louisiana Tech at home. 
But when you think about it, whenever this team has really been in a dogfight, and it's a close game, they're usually on the short end of the stick when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's right. I mean, these uh, close game situations, it feels like a broken record. It feels like it we, uh, we we just talk about this all the time. Uh, games decided within seven points. Games decided within six points. And how the minors, it's kind of a coin flip, but it really, you know, really isn't. Because sometimes uh, this stat might be a little skewed. I'm looking at it right now. UTEP has won six times when it being involved in games decided by six points or less. And then on the opposite side, side of that they have lost let me look at this yes they have lost um here we go it looks like nine times so six and nine but I I think that's not really an indication of how they've fared in those close games because at the other end they'll sometimes get blown out in some close game situations or just lose by like eight points ten points and it was close at one point in that matchup but then the final score isn't a reflection of that that's true so even though I wrote about, you know, do you want UTEP to finish uh, a 10 or a 7 or a 9 or an 8, um, that that's great if they win a game or two in the tournament. But if they get bounced out on Wednesday, then who cares? Then the season can end soon enough, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I hope this team has something left. I hope they can go to a neutral site and play their best basketball of the year in conference play. I, I really do. I'd love to see it. We haven't seen this team play great basketball all year long, if you think about it. I mean, the Miners have never been on any kind of a serious winning streak. Now, they did have that period from their win over New Mexico State. Um, they won five in a row. But look who they beat. They beat NMSU, Sol Ross, Alcorn State, Bakersfield, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That doesn't count. It just doesn't. It doesn't count. All right? Um, other than that, they've won two in a row on a couple of occasions, but they've lost nine of their last 11. And you want to see them playing their best basketball this time of year, not the other direction. Now, all that being said, if they lose tomorrow to Middle Tennessee, they're going to probably play Western again in in the 7-10 game, and the winner goes plays North Texas. If they beat Middle tomorrow, most likely they'll finish a nine seed probably end up playing FIU in the first round, or possibly La Tech. I mean, La Tech might make more sense, because I think FIU would slide to 10, and then La Tech would be the team in the first round. And the winner of that gets Florida Atlantic on Thursday. And uh, that's that's not fun. I mean, you'd love to see them take another shot at FAU, but we've seen the way the first two games have gone, and I don't know if we want to see it a third time. But the point is... Those are really the two scenarios facing UTEP. If they finish 9, they play next Wednesday at 4.30, which means we have no show at 4 o'clock because we'll be doing UTEP basketball. So we'll be off uh, Wednesday. And if they win Wednesday, they'll play the same time on Thursday. And by the way, we're also going to be airing women's games next week too, which I'm excited about in a big way. But Adrian, that's kind of where things shape up right now. You know what, Steve, with uh, Middle Tennessee right now, they're incentivized to win on Saturday, Saturday, tomorrow's game for Senior Day simply because they want momentum going into the CUSA tournament. They lost yesterday to North Texas 64-50. to This is a team that was on a three-game win streak prior to that, including a game in which they beat uh, the top team in this league in Florida Atlantic. So Middle Tennessee wants to get on the right track going into Frisco. They've got guys who have been there in years past. Yep. 
They are one of the teams that you look at in minutes continuity. They're, they rank top 30th in the country in minutes continuity, meaning they bring a lot of players back from last year and a lot of familiarity across their roster. So, they also beat UTEP 84-72 the first time around. It's going to be tough for Miners to pull off a win tomorrow. Uh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Anyway, I've got the scenarios up at the website, 600ESPNLPasso.com. If you'd like to check it out, we'd love to have you do that. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. We'll get out some awards for Minor Talk. We'll uh, also get you ready for the 5 and the 6 o'clock hours where the A-team will join us. Plus, we'll get updates on the Chapin game, which we'll uh, get going here right around the top of our 5 o'clock hour. So, as we get going, 505-6009. That is our telephone number. Let's go to Charlie 1, get our first traffic update of the afternoon. All right, we're back here on Sports Talk. Checking right now to see if uh, if Summit was able to hold off. Amarillo, last score I had was 46-43 Summit. Three minutes, 41 seconds left to go. Do we have a final on that one yet, Adrian? Last I saw was I, I saw forty six forty three. All last thing mm. I saw was fifty to forty five. A minute forty three seconds left. That was two minutes ago. Got it. from Felix Chavez Mansfield Summit over Amarillo High. So if Mansfield Summit holds off Amarillo, and Chapin is able to beat Wyatt, Chapin would play Summit and get future UTEP minor David Terrell in the process. That That's would be right. pretty. That would be pretty cool. That's right. Uh, Felix Chavez writes that the UTEP signee plays a lot of defense hard. He took a charge. He had a steal. He was active on the defensive end of the court. Offensively, he doesn't force things, and he's a strong passer, writes Felix Chavez. So, like that. All right. Did Felix say anything about shooting? Nothing. Well, he said that in the first quarter that they all were uh, hitting the shots, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't He didn't mention that specifically there. Yeah, that was he took the smart shot. That's what he said. There you go. UTEP needs shooters. This just in. Breaking news. UTEP needs shooters. Right? And they shot exactly the ball well right. yesterday. Crazy enough, you know, they didn't lose because they couldn't shoot yesterday. They lost because they had a hard time defending down low and gave up too many points. Weird. We've said this before, but it seems like at times UTEP is just missing one thing every single game, and that yep. one thing ends up killing them and uh, and being the reason they lose. Yesterday, they also had a lot of turnovers offensively. So even though they were hit sh- hitting shots uh, like they don't normally do, uh, they were also you know turning the ball over a lot offensively. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I think they had like nineteen turnovers in the game, something like that. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Just right under uh, twenty. I think that was right. Yeah. I think so too uh awards from last night's uh game against western kentucky 73 68 was the final score the hilltopper is able to get by the miners um we had three utah players in double figures who gets the hot hand of the game uh, we went with Calvin Solomon in this one. 16 points, but he scored 12 of his 16 in the second half alone. Uh, Solomon, 6 of 14 from a two-point range yesterday. He was also 4 for 4 from uh, the free throw line. He contributed with seven overall rebounds as well. So we liked his effort along with two steals on the defensive side. That's why he was our hot hand of the game. Beautiful. You know, I always talk about HVAC needs for wind supply all pass. So especially if you want to convert to refrigerated air, you can check them out on their find a dealer page but since we are talking about hot hand and i did get a tankless water heater this week i should also mention that if you are in the market for either a conventional 
or a tankless water heater. Wind Supply El Paso uh, has some of the best products that Ream can offer for you. And sometimes it's also good to be preventative because if you get one before it leaks, hey, you won't have to deal with potentially the mess or the hassles of realizing uh, you got damages around your house. You want to learn more, just go online, windsupplyelpaso.com. That's windsupplyelpaso.com. How about our player of the game, Adrian? We went with Shamar Givens in this one. I know we could have gone Tay Hardy. We could have even stuck with uh, Calvin Solomon and given him two awards yesterday, but we went with uh, UTEP's senior point guard, Shamar Givens. We're feeling like he's giving all he has, um, you know, just overall in these last couple games for the Miners. He had a lot of the possessions yesterday offensively. I don't like the turnovers, but I do like the six assists that he added yesterday, along with his 15 points, two steals defensively, and then along with uh, four overall rebounds. So we stuck with Shamar Givens as the player of the game. Played 39 minutes as well. Yeah, almost the entire game, and he's still kind of hurt. I mean, he even talked with us, you know, and I don't think it's too crazy to say this, but he, he's just still getting it, uh, getting back from being healthy. He had that thigh injury yet last week, and uh, he's still trying to get healthy. Right on. Uh, did you know that during the metal stamping process, blanks or coils of sheet metal feed through one or more die and tool sets. And the die and tool sets form and cut the sheet metal into its desired shape. And at Keats Southwest, they perform a variety of custom metal stamping operations, which include blanking, bending, punching, coining, drawing, embossing, piercing, and curling. And they can make products in the millions. You want to learn more about what Keats Southwest can do for you, just go online to KeatsSW.com. That's KeatsSW.com. All right. We continue here on the program. 28 now past the hour. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. That is 505-6009. Interesting. Um, Apparently, it is now 5448, 30 seconds left. Safe to say that uh, Summit's going to defeat... um, um, Amarillo High? Yes, I think so. I think it's very safe to say this right now. And uh, good for David Terrell. I'm happy that he's playing at the next level. We're talking about Elite Eight action for him uh, in Mansfield Summit. Interestingly enough, um, John Canzano, who's been on the show before, I love John Canzano. He's got, uh, he used to write for the Oregonian. He's got his own website now at um, johncanzano.com, as he calls it, Bald Face Truth. Uh, that is great. Uh, he writes today that Pac-12 is officially exploring four expansion schools. We'll tell you who they are and possible ramifications when we come back from Sports Center here at the bottom of the hour. Great to have you with us. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Let's get right across the glass to Adrian and get all the latest with the Sports Center. Um I mentioned earlier that John Canzano used to write for the Oregonian, still lives out there. Now he's got his own website at johncanzano.com. He put together a story about how the Pac-12 voted to approve further exploration of four universities for possible conference expansion. Okay, We already know that SMU and San Diego State are in the quartet, according to one of the conference presidents. John also mentioned that Colorado State may be among the candidates, but he's still working to confirm that 
along with the fourth school. Now, here's what else he writes. The Pac-12, this doesn't mean the Pac-12 will definitely add four schools via expansion. It just means that the board gave the green light to kick the tires on four possible additions. The uh, Pac-12 CEO group will ultimately vote to add zero, one, two, three, or four new members. And then uh, what, what Canzano wrote was that he thinks it's most likely the Pac-12 adds only two members. Could be zero, but he would be surprised at four. But like John wrote, he's been surprised before. Apparently, academic fit and culture are high among the Pac-12's expansion criteria. But conference expansion is really about adding media value. If the Pac-12's potential media partners don't view expansion candidates as adding monetary value, the conference will stay at 10 members. Also, a conference source did indicate that San Diego State has been in regular contact with the Pac-12. Um, Canzano added that Colorado State would be a curious possible addition because it has a new football stadium and it is a research university. But as John points out, the Pac-12 already captures the Denver television market with Colorado. So for that reason, he believes any interest in Colorado State might be just that exploration. He also doesn't expect Colorado to leave the Pac-12. Canzano did confirm that UNLV is not among the expansion candidates. Uh, University source confirmed today. That's surprising. Apparently, the academic profile of the university apparently does not fit the objectives of the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors. Not good enough GPAs, huh? Guess not. Fresno State and Boise State are unlikely to the uh, Pac-12 expansion candidates. Sources of both schools have told Kenzano They've only had limited contact with the conference in recent months, and they're better potential fits for the Big 12. Let me repeat that. Better potential fits for the Big 12. I don't know how Fresno State to the Big 12 makes any sense, but Boise to the Big 12 I could still see. Yeah, I could see that, and also uh, like Brenton Yormack, remember the uh, Big 12 commissioner, the new one who stepped in, he has talked a lot about Gonzaga being a basketball-only conference that the Big 12 could uh, try to pursue down the line when the Big 12 looks at expansion. That's what makes the Pac-12 so difficult, Steve. We're talking about also Big 12 trying to expand in the middle of the Pac-12, not only trying to expand, but also negotiate its media rights. That's true, too. That is true, too. Speaking of media rights, uh, several Pac-12 sources tell uh, Canzano they're confident that the the, uh, conference will match or beat the Big 12's announced $31.6 million annual media rights distribution figure. Today, one well-placed conference source called being in the vicinity of that number a layup, quote, a layup. On Apple TV or what? I mean, Not because sure. I, in my eyes, I don't know which uh, which TV uh, station is giving them that kind of deal. Mm. It's true. That is true. Um, apparently, the Pac-12 owns uh, its own Tier 2 rights. So the question is, will the conference be able to monetize the Pac-12 networks in a lucrative way? If so, they will get into that $30 million distribution range, but if not, they won't, according to Kenzano. Here's also something very interesting. The University of Oregon is, quote, way on board with its commitment to the Pac-12 per a source with knowledge, which makes sense to Kenzano because the Big Ten is not offering membership 
And as he said, the Big 12 makes zero sense for Oregon. The Ducks' primary objective is to make the college football playoff. And winning an automatic berth in the Pac-12 is easier than doing it in the Big 12, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that does. I'm surprised that the Big Ten is not interested in acquiring Oregon. That's a little bit surprising to me. He wrapped it up by saying that a number of athletic directors in the Pac-12 have told him they remain confident that the Pac-12 will get a favorable deal done and the 10 current members will remain intact. So that is also really, really interesting. That's interesting, too, Steve, because I thought Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah were all being pursued right now by the Big 12. So for him to speak so confidently about this right now, I'm curious if those schools end up being poached by the Big 12 and leave. Let's assume it's SMU and San Diego State, and they're the only two, right? And let's just say of of these schools, it's just SMU and San Diego State. That would mean that the American Athletic Conference would lose a school and so would the Mountain West. And if the Mountain West loses San Diego State, where do they go to fill their need? That is also a very interesting question. Same with the AC. They're being aggressive in how they go. Do they want to suddenly add these six schools from Conference USA and lose one and and be satisfied? Or will they be looking to add another school? as they they uh, they lose one. Yeah, it's a really good question. I feel like it, it's a world right now in college athletics where you always have to try to get better. So for those conferences, I would be looking at trying to get better by adding schools of quality, uh, you know, who, who are actually bringing some quality measures to you. Now, if you're looking inward here locally at UTEP or even 40 minutes away from us at New Mexico State, these schools are not in a great position to leave their uh, conference that they're going to be in in Conference USA for the foreseeable future. No, they're, they're really not. not. No. At, at what? whatsoever right now that's 100 percent correct listen we all know what fans want we get that right we understand that but look at what utep is in in basketball next to last okay next to last look what they were in football a five and seven football team we've said it a thousand times if utep is to get out of conference usa they need to a start winning and B, start drawing fans. And you can make the argument all you want that they're leading the league in attendance. Nobody cares. It's a crappy league when it comes to attendance. And it's not like they're averaging six to eight, ten thousand fans a game. They're averaging four. All right? That's nothing. We talked about this weeks ago. Where would that land in Mountain West? Somewhere like in the middle. In the middle, not not the top, in the middle for basketball. So, you know, I mean, is UTEP a bad option uh, for the Mountain West? No. I mean, you know, everybody knows that UTEP wants in there. Are they the best option? Probably not. I'm sure there's other schools that, if they wanted to go, would, would bring more to the table. And here's another thing, okay? It's very possible that there's a school in the American Athletic Conference that'll want to go to the Mountain West. You know, if you just don't know. I, I mean, I'm not sure about that. Maybe there is a school that, with these six new programs coming in, from Conference USA, one of them wants to, you know, one of these older uh, schools wants to get out, and they'll go to the uh, go to the Mountain West. That's also a possibility, right? It could be very enticing for a Texas team to be the sole Texas team in the Mountain West Conference if that's the case, right there. 
It so, could. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, expansion gets ugly because it's other uh, conferences poaching universities from other conferences. And, hey, that's it's just uh, if you were not out there trying to expand your own conference, someone else is talking to your current members and trying to expand theirs. So that's just how it goes right now. Absolutely right. Tomorrow is fan appreciation for UTEP. It's senior day for Shamar Givens. I hope they get a good crowd. It's a noon tip-off. I mean, I would love to see 5,000 fans at the game. I, I really would. I mean, that's that's about, you know, what you that's a little bit over their average. Uh, that would be a uh, an ideal attendance on Fan Appreciation Day. But last night for this game against Western Kentucky, attendance 3,725 fans. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, I, I tweeted out a picture 10 minutes before tip-off, and uh, if you didn't know there was a basketball game um, out there and I didn't fire off that tweet, maybe uh, no one would have actually, you know, no one uh, would have actually known there was actually being basketball played last night at the Haskins Center. That's really how it was 10 minutes well, before tip-off. It was really surprising. Here's the sad part, Adrian. Other than the diehards, those that are with you through the thick and the thin, everybody else checked out a long time ago. That's right. Yeah. They just did. They Probably checked out a long time January. ago. Yeah, yeah, they did. So you got your, you know, you've got your diehards left, your season ticket holders, and a few other fans. And to those people, hey, that's uh, those are the li- that's the lifeblood of the university. Sadly, it's not enough. They need more. They need more, a lot more. And they need some wins. That's they do a lot more. Fans aren't going to come and watch a losing product. They're just not. They're tired of that. It's happened for too many years. And you want to know something? I don't blame them. I mean, you really don't. You can't. Get upset at fans that have not watched their basketball team be relevant in forever and suddenly wonder why they're not coming anymore. There just comes a point where they've had enough. And until you start winning and winning consistently and do it over and over again, fans aren't, they don't care. And it's a shame because we all want to see the same thing. We all want UTEP to get back on track. We all want UTEP to to restore what they once had. But it seems like at this point, they're light years away from getting there light years and for UTEP they're just gonna have to hope that they get turned around because if not you're just going to see the dwindling uh fan interest with all these sports that we're talking about here 100 percent. all right 43 past we'll talk a little chihuahuas in our five o'clock hour with the a-team andy Enfeld, angela levis will be dropping by our studios if you want to weigh in on the topic du jour 505-6009 as sports talk continues Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Start of hour number two, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. The A-team is with us. And I am so excited to see these two ready to go for another year of Chihuahuas baseball. woo Locomotive <laughs> soccer. Yes, a week from tomorrow. Angela, you're now involved in everything. I am. <laughs> it only took it only took five years, and now you're all uh, all in, right? All I in. I am all in. I am all in. I couldn't be happier. I'd love working for who I work for, and you know, every time they ask me to do something, I I can't help myself but say yes because it's just a great organization. Andy Enfeld is here as well. The other half of the A team. What he's, up? He's dressed in his. El Paso Chihuahuas. Yeah, uh, like we just like got a, these today. This is our new staff outerwear piece. Yeah. Wow, looking pretty good, Literally, right? I'm not wearing mine. Mine's in the car. That is very nice. <laughs> yeah, a little quarter zip action. Yeah, quarter zip, and that looks like it's actually can keep you warm. Actually, yeah, the, I didn't feel any of that wind today. So good that's, for you. That's what Brad said. Brad picked it out. So yeah, BT. Bravo. He's got to, some style, yeah. man. 
Bravo to BT. Every year, do you guys get some kind of gear from the team? Yes. I nice. mean, we get we got our staff polos and typically one outerwear piece. Yeah. So. so wait a minute. Every year you have new polos? Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Of course. So, we listen, wear so those so often. They're <laughs> run <laughs> ragged, man. So let me think about 75 this 75 home games. Come on. <laughs> so here's the question, okay? Um, this is what? Nine seasons, ten years. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. polos you get every year? Uh, it depends on the amount of brands. And actually, exactly. this year we have more brands. We're honoring our 10th uh, year celebration, so we have a, a new uh, polo with that so logo specific okay. to this year. We have a new margaritas look that I can't tell you about yet. We have a new polo for that. Uh, Padres. Our, our Padres look yeah. this year. And then our standards with, with the swinging dog and all that good yeah. stuff. So um, have you kept all your polos since day one? Uh, I actually haven't. The first couple of years, they were a little worn at this point. But I did what I did do is I cut out the embroidered logos, and I'm going to do something with them someday. I don't know what yet, but oh, that's a good idea. Here I was thinking you're giving it to Savers or to Goodwill. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, no, you're I'm, just taking the shirts and you're cutting out the good stuff, and now you're going to make some well, kind of like what some some collage or something. Actually, like that? have you heard of Turvis cups? No. So Turvis cups are these insulated clear cups, and you can put patches inside of them. So I think ah. I'm going to do that. And I would love to donate these to Savers. I'm, I'm all about philanthropic efforts, but we can't give out our staff shirts to yeah. non-staff members. Oh, so you basically so we have wouldn't be to, able to do, do that. You have to do it. Correct, do. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So in other words, if, if, if somebody held a garage sale and they just unloaded their shirts from like the last seven, eight years, somebody would be committing a, a felony. A felony, <laughs> yes. We'll oh, sick Chico on them. That's yeah. right. You know what else would be kind of cool, too? Besides, you mentioned Turvis. What if you were able to do and make some kind of really cool coasters where you incorporated oh. the logos and you were there able you to have, like, all these different coasters so when you're hosting the uh, the thousands of guests that come by your house every year, you'll have all of these special uh, little logos for them. That'd be great. I'm opening up my Etsy shop right now. We're going to make this happen. I think that's terrific. Okay. Well, I learned something today. I learned that staff shirts uh, are not allowed to be given away or sold or anything. You can't do any. You just, all you can do with those is... Um, Pretty much destroy them or keep them. And not, you know, there's no other way to do it, right? That's right. What if you give them to you? Like, okay, here's a better question. After the season's over, you send them to your dad in Cincinnati, right? Oh, he's and, in L.A., but yes, LA. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. You're like, hey, you know what, Dad? I'm done with these. Hey, um, I want you to wear one. Would, would that be a problem if that was spotted somewhere on, on, the, on the Sunset Strip and somebody was there and they see, there he is. He's wearing, he's wearing your shirt. I don't think that's an issue because obviously that's a trusted member of my network. Yes. But it's, <laughs> it's someone, you know, and I'm not saying anyone would do anything malicious mm. with these shirts, but mm. you're wearing a staff shirt and you act like you just work at the ballpark and you walk in without a ticket. Like, we, we want to avoid that. At, oh, that's a good that point. All, that's all a good costs. point. Because somebody, if, they, if it got into the wrong hands, they could actually try to get in as an employee exactly. of the Chihuahuas. Exactly. I've say, never thought about that I will idea. say that my jacket from last year was stolen. So somebody Ooh, out yikes. there is wearing my jacket from last year. Wait a minute. Somebody stole your jacket? Somebody did. Well, my daughter's Liz, who everyone knows, um, her car was broken into, and that was one of the pieces that was taken from her car. Oh, that's terrible. Yep. And that's another credit to BT style. Everyone wants that jacket. Exactly. Like it's... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, by the way, was the, uh, was the car broken into at the game? It was broken into at her apartment complex that was supposed to be gated, but it was not. Ooh. I will not say what complex it was, but dun, dun, yes. Dun. Wait a minute. So you're saying it's a gated complex, but the gate was open correct. that day, and somebody got in and broke into the uh, car and, and took your jacket. That is correct. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> man, that is that is rough. Uh, describe the jacket. So if anybody out there sees it, we can, <laughs> right? we can we can call into the show. It was a black. What was the brand? I don't even know. But it had the white EP logo on the sleeve on the on the crest. I get them all mixed up. I thought last year was a hoodie. No, last year was the really big ones that everyone was complaining about because they were too big. <laughs> oh. Okay. And it was just Yikes. a zip up. It was right. just a black. Oh, zip up. I do remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With that logo yeah, exactly. on it, EP. actually. Yeah, exactly. Yep. EP. Yeah. Right, so if you f- if you find somebody that looks <laughs> suspicious wearing a black jacket with the black EP, call the show and or call the authorities. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe we will get to the bottom of this story before it's all said and done. Yes. It's very possible. Did yes. they? Did they um, by the way, what else did they take besides your uh, Chihuahua's gear? Um, they took, oh, they took a bunch of stuff. So they took my nebulizer was in there. Oh. Um, so I had to call my doctor and get that. So is it possible um, that whoever broke into your car was an asthmatic? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um, they took some stuff that was my daughter's. They took a purse, one of her favorite purses. Um, they thought that the, her wallet was in there, but her wallet was not, thank goodness, in there. She had just, she had taken out her wallet and left the purse there. Did they break the window to do this or what did they do? No. Or was the car <laughs> left? I got a news for you. The car was left no. unlocked. It was. It was. Uh, it was left unlocked. Ugh. So to no fault of her own, it was broken into. But Adrian, sound uh, like it was broken into. Adrian, what is the moral of the story here? Lock your doors. Well, I, I feel like the moral of the story is don't trust anybody in this in any situation, right? <laughs> right. I mean, gosh, I, I feel bad for Liz. I'm sorry about this. Oof, yep. that is rough. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, listen, let's move on. That is a we've, we've spent the first ten minutes talking about <laughs> jacket patches, um, breaking into a vehicle, and all this other good stuff. Fun but, things with the A team, right? That's, that's, what, that, that's <laughs> why I love the two of you, because when you show up, fun things happen. Um, all right. 10th anniversary uh, season. Congratulations to the two of you. You're both uh, original members. We are OGs. You're right. the OGs. Yeah. OGs. Yep. That's true. That's In right. fact, there are quite a few OGs inside this uh, organization, aren't there? Yeah. Let's shout out Judge Scott. He yeah. just had a baby, actually. He had a baby on Congratulations, Wednesday. Judge. That's What's the right. name of the baby? Judge. judge. Really? <laughs> judge, judge Jimmy Jr. Scott, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was hoping it would be jury, but that's okay. But judge, <laughs> congratulations, uh, Nick Sekerson, that's Primo right. Martinez, Pamela uh, Dela O, Brad Taylor, of course, Alan Ledford, uh, Becky, Becky, Becky Lee, Lee, who now works for Locomotive, okay. Mike Raimundo. Uh, there's, there's eight of us. Gosh, is that it? That's that and, and the two of you, because I think you've named two. six. So that sounds about right. All right. Yeah, that might be about us. That's mm-hmm. good, though. Yeah, we have a couple that started with us in 15 that kind of lump into that core. But Anybody uh, in the original grounds crew from the first season take care of the field? Uh, Tony was here first season, left, and then came back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No one's been on the grounds crew consistently, consistently for 10 yeah. years, but some had been for in 14. We do have some guest service staff and oh some yeah. security that have been here for the entire duration. I would say really? I would cool. say somewhere between 20 and 25 game day employees have been here since day one. Exactly. That's huge. Awesome. It is amazing. Fantastic. Um, so here we are, season number 10. Yep. You've already announced the promotional schedule in an email uh, a week ago, Correct. but we haven't really been able to dive deep into it, have we? 
I mean, we yeah. <laughs> Our strategy is we have a long, long season, so we don't yes. want to just give everything away right at the beginning. There's exactly. plenty more to sprinkle in as the year goes on. But we're excited about what has been announced. Of course, opening day is March 31st. We open on a Friday, which is incredible. And then our first premium giveaway after those uh, that opening three-game series. Um, on Sunday, we're giving out a commemorative 10th anniversary ring, which is very, very cool. Which we yeah. haven't done since 2017 after we won the PCL championship. I, I can't believe you're giving out the ring the first weekend of the series. That's and right. by the way, that same day is $5 kids meals and seniors eat free. And That's then you correct. got the post-game kids run the bases. You got a busy, busy day that day. Yeah, think about it. Opening day on Friday. Our first fireworks spectacular presented by GEC on, on Saturday, and then Sunday a premium premium giveaway, and then all that fun good kid stuff. Yes, and by the way, um, for fans that were never able to get the championship replica ring, now they have an opportunity to own the tenth anniversary ring. Which, let's be honest, this is a special ring because. This was not issued to teams, right? Nope. This is just for the fans. That's this is a correct. special fans-only ring. This ain't a Cracker Jack box no. ring either. It's, it's, <laughs> yes. it's hefty. It's it's made of real serious is it just, metal. Is it just like the same kind of ring like the uh, like the replica championship ring? Yeah, I, I loved what our vendor did on that championship ring replica, so I went back to the same guys, and they're going to do the same just with this new design. Good for you. That's terrific. Yeah, I like they that. Do great work. Success promotions. Shout out. Um, and hey, by the CJ. way, that, that game is a 12.05 game, which means on Sunday, yep. you realize that there will be people lining up at 8 in the morning on a Sunday to make sure that they walk in and get that ring. That's right, yeah. Uh, gates open at 11 a.m. that day. Um, first 1,500 fans through the gates will receive that giveaway, so please get there early. Here We're we go. We're going to distribute those giveaways on the gates based on our typical entry distribution. And, yeah, good luck. It's a beautiful ring with Chico in the middle with um, stones all around, red and diamonds, or uh, red and, you know, the the rubies and diamonds. And then you've got the same uh, around the sides. It looks like you've got more of those stones. Fetch the fun with Southwest University Park on one end. 2016 PCL champions, 10th anniversary logo on the other side. And actually, there's a little detail in that face. You look at every ruby. The red rubies represent every year that we won a division championship. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So just a little, another little tribute to our 10 years. That is so cool. That is so, so cool. Um, Man, I'm telling you, the the rings these days are awesome. Yeah. We're very excited about it. That is, that is super cool. By the way, rings in general. Have you seen some of these rings where you take off the top and it's like the replica of the stadium on, underneath it? Incredible. Like, it is incredible. Very cool. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but that just shows you what they've, how far they've come along in these rings. Here. So that's going to be this, uh, the first weekend, first Sunday. Just the fir- and that's just the three days. And then we leave, but we come back for more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more? What in do you April, mean there's yeah. more? April's jam-packed. So we open back up <laughs> on April the 11th, and that's a Tuesday. And then Wednesday, April 12th, is our first day game during the week that everyone knows and loves. <laughs> Those That first pitch is at 11.05 a.m., gates at 9.30. So your first chance for midweek day baseball, April the 12th. That's right. And so put, way, your, put your vacation day in right now. 
It's also Wing Wednesday. It Did is. you guys do Wing Wednesday last year? So this is the thing we, we learned about wings. Everyone asked for wings. They were only offered in our premium areas before. Mm-hmm. So we worked with our concessions team to figure out how we can provide this to the masses down in the general uh, concourse level. So they got to work and figure out a way to bring wings to the concourse. $2 wings, uh, max six, so you can go as high as six, as low as, I guess, one if you want. Have you ever seen I'm Going to Get You, Sucker? <laughs> No, one wing. Oh, you haven't seen that scene with not. Chris Rock when he orders one rib? No, I have From haven't. Jim Brown? <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen well, that? Well, i got to watch it tonight. Yeah. Then. Oh, yeah. it, is the, it is the greatest. Anyway, uh, you got the wings, and you got plain lemon pepper and buffalo. All right, uh, best flavor of wings based on those three. Ooh, actually, I haven't tried these ones yet. In my opinion, I'm just a buffalo guy with blue cheese. Blue mm. cheese. Okay. That's fair. That is fair. Um, so I love the fact you have a day game uh, just like that. And then you also, it looks like uh, you have more day games because Sunday, April 16th is going to be a 12.05 game. That's exactly right. Yeah. All day, yeah. Uh, Sundays until the very last Sunday of May will be at 12.05. Then they move to 6.05 until the last Sunday in uh, September, that's, which just happens to be our fan appreciation, the very last home game of our regular season. That will also be at 12.05. Nice. And then we'll have four midweek day games, April 12th, which we talked about, May 24th, September 6th, and September 13th. Will there be any uh, specialty jerseys in the month of April? Yes. yes. We actually announced that one already. We have one specialty jersey that will uh, coincide with our Star Wars night, oh, April the 29th. Baby Yoda. That is a yep. great-looking jersey. I think that could be the coolest one so far. Mandalorian fan? Did you see the new yes. episode yet? Okay, oh, yeah. That's so, what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, I watched it. It doing is tonight. awesome. You've already, uh, you've already watched the entire uh, second season of Mandalorian? Well, this is the, this the, the, the third, third season. Third just season. started it out this Wednesday. week. Wednesday. Uh-oh, I've got some watching to do. <laughs> yeah, so, they, yeah. Right. so season, season three, episode one, just aired. Um, but we're very excited about that uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu, Mandalorian, whatever you want to call it, jersey for Star Wars Night on Saturday, April 29th. That will benefit the United Way of El Paso County, That the jersey proceeds. Yep. Very nice. All right. Stick around, you two. We'll come back. We'll talk more with uh, both uh, Angela Olivas, Andy Emfeld here on Sports Talk. But right now, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk. <clears throat> back with the A-team. Had a chance to play that scene from I'm going to get you sucker during the break. <laughs> that was great. That so, was so great. Um, Adrian, did you get a chance to at least hear that scene? Yes, I heard that scene. It sounded hilarious. <laughs> okay. Yes. Was, hey, wait a minute. Did you review I'm going to get you sucker last no, year? No. During I Adrian's didn't. movie reviews? I did not. Okay. I don't know if we're going to do Adrian's movie reviews this year, but just make me a promise that in the next couple of weeks, you will find and watch I'm going to get you sucker. And promise that you'll you'll just have a chance to add that to your collection and talk about that. Wow, I'm on the spot here. Okay, I'll, pro- I'll promise you. All I right. got you. Listen, I know it's different now. You're married, and you know your wife might not be into it, but you got to just promise me that when it comes down you. to it, you'll because that is. I don't know how that missed your list last summer when you reviewed like 75 or 80 movies. I don't know, but. Did you guys hear about this last year? Yeah, you I did. Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, of course. Yeah, Adrian's told me that that's not going to happen anymore because now— No, I never said that. That's I never just, said that. You know, priorities have changed. It's, it's, <laughs> difficult, it's difficult now. Well, it's, it's I, said, difficult. I said we'll have to figure out a different a different thing of uh, of choice. I mean, I was watching a movie every single night. You were. By the way, do you still watch movies with your wife? Yes. So maybe you could just review those, even if they're current. Okay. I think, our listeners, I think our listeners would like that. Yeah, it's easy. No problem at all. Good. Um— Back to the two of you now. Um, as far as promos go, first off, nightly promotions, are they the same as last year or have we switched them up? 
They're a little different. Um, mostly the same. I'll go through them really quickly. Taco twos and brews. Um, pretty much the same deal. $2 tacos, $2 beers. The difference is we also receive feedback from our fans, and we're not doing those Pico Dio tacos anymore. We're actually switching those up, and they're $2 rolled tacos this time around. Oh, that's Served the in a cup, so it's that easy. That is the best. You can just still do that jalapeno crema with the rolled tacos? Yep, yep exactly. Oh, my God. That's going to be a that's game. Right. That is a game changer, folks. Yeah. yeah. Let me say this, okay? Of all the creations and concoctions that this team has done in the last 10 years, their jalapeno crema ranks up there amongst the best let of know. the best. <laughs> it really does, especially when we used to get the uh, um, uh, chocodillas. Uh, with, with, uh, yeah, quesadillas. It was called the chocodillas. That, that was yeah. delicious. They're bringing those back again this year. Good. So. Good. Yeah, I, I'm. I, listen, I apologize. I missed the food preview on Wednesday, yes. and I know that is the the event of events. And but I did see that Iris Lopez showed up and uh, took pictures and wrote she about did. it on the website. So I was able to get at least a sneak preview of what you're going to be offering up this season. Yeah. So the the quesadillas will actually be uh, at the Delicious Cart. So Delicious is going to return as a as a, a subcontractor this year. Great. Under PSC Profes- Pro- Professional Sports Catering, who's our contract. Uh, food and beverage, and so they will be serving brisket, burritos, and wow. they're bringing back the, the quesadillas, too. Those are great. Those are yep. two of my favorites. So he's, he's going to bring those, yep. And then uh, we're bringing back the carnita nachos, which we used to have when Leo's was part of the ballpark. Nice. Um, Who's going to be doing that? We are, actually. Okay. PSC is going to be doing it. So. Are you guys big fans of uh, na- carnita nachos are big deals? Are you guys... Now, um, just out of curiosity, are you guys big fans of uh, pork rinds? I am. I'm not. Okay, you are? I am. I, I, uh, I love the hot and spicy ones from Sam's in the big bag. Oh, my goodness. So we were at the Super Bowl doing Radio Row a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I remember. We interviewed the guys from, it's called Southern, uh, Southern Batch. They, uh, they, they're like a ton of like gourmet um, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, these uh, yeah gourmet chicharrones. It's just, and they sent me a box with about five different types of bags of pork rinds. Wow. Oh, you yeah. know, you can grind them up and use them as batter for chicken. Can you really? High protein. That is yep. interesting. That's I what think. I do. That's what I use them for. So I, I put them in the. Can yeah. do that. I That's put them a, in the food processor and then I use them as. Smart uh, move. Yeah. What do you mix it with? I just put dip it in like you would a fried chicken. So That's you so just, interesting. Yeah, dip, you just grind them up in your food processor, huh. and then you dip it in the egg. You dip it in the in the pork rinds, and then you fry them. So I you will fry have, them. So you will have pork rind battered. Chicken. Uh, chicken. Oh, that's interesting. That's, so good. Huh. How is that not on the menu for uh, Chihuahua's so Baseball? So good. That is interesting. You, you keeping that secret from us? <laughs> yeah. You like, put them in the air on? fryer, and it's good. so good. So we've talked about the taco switch. What yep. else are we going to be doing this season? Wednesdays, of course. We talked about wing Wednesdays. Okay. Excited about that. Thir- I'm excited, too. Thursdays, uh, Thrifty Thursdays, presented by Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. $2 specials, like always. Fridays, we have most uh, most of our giveaways are on Friday nights, um, and also introducing Friar Fridays. So not every single Friday home game, but most of them, the team will be sporting their brown and yellow Chihuahuas Padre Tribute uniforms. Oh, that's good. Will we ever see the Friar mascot make an appearance during a Friday uh, Chihuahuas game on Friar Fridays? You know, we're good friends with those guys. Yeah. That's a good Can ask. ask. Um, their their uh, officials in, uh, are going to come over to the ballpark for a couple different 
different things, but maybe they can bring Fryer along with them. I think the last time I saw Fryer was when the team was getting introduced, and Fryer showed up at the uh, convention center um, years ago and uh, was there uh, with. Uh, I remember I, I took a picture with the Fryer mascot. Yeah, yep. he was here for our exhibition game. That's too, right. Both, so. both that exhibition games. Yeah. Yep. Okay, maybe that was it. Maybe it was the exhibition yep. game. So very cool. And then Saturdays, of course, the best fireworks show in town. Fireworks Spectacular Saturdays presented by GECU. And then we close things out on Sunday with the $5 Kids Club or the Kids Special. Um, Seniors eat free and then post-game kids run the bases. That sounds like a plan, man. It sounds like it's going to be a busy year. Now, um, what would you say the percentage of promotional giveaway nights you released here about a week ago? What would you say the percent is? Um, Including artwork? Because we released some that just don't have the artwork with them. Okay. I think we're about I think 50%. We, yeah. I think Good. we only re- released three with art, four maybe with yeah. artwork. Yeah, we have we have more to come, and uh, we have a very fun plan of how we're going to introduce that stuff. So I noticed, uh, let's see, for example, you've got the Swinging Dog Tank Top on Friday, April 28th against the Salt Lake Bees. Um, is this the first time you're doing a tank top, or have you done it before? Never done a tank top, and we just thought that we're doing the Friar Friday. It's a brown tank top with yellow trim and swinging dog on the chest, and it's kind of like a San Diego thing. So, Oh, that's very cool looking, and I think there'll be plenty of people that'll be enjoying that. That does look very San Diego-ish. It's very San Diego. Um, Saturday, actually Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Margarita's Hat Night. Presented by the Caesar Ornelas Injury Law Firm. That's, we're very excited about that item. It's going to be a, one of those straw beach hats with our new, not unveiled yet, Margarita's <laughs> logo. Good. Friday, May 26th, 10-year celebration fleece blanket night presented by GECU. That's also Friar Friday. This is a very unique item. It's going to feature our 10th anniversary logo but the cool thing about this blanket is it's actually die cut in the shape of Texas. Really? So yes. it's it's you know a tribute to our state of Texas. Oh, that's very cool. You've yeah. never done a fleece blanket with the state of Texas, have you? No. No. By cut. the way, I think the fleece blankets are some of the the best uh, of the collectibles because fans love them. They can use it. They put it in their car when things get a little chilly. They can uh, put that on and, and give them a little extra warmth. Yep. Someone in Pasadena has my EP one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Sorry another another that. stolen know, thing from exactly. Angela. Someone. Well, Jeez. to be fair, I think I dropped it coming back from the Rose Parade to our car, and somebody has it. I'm sure. I'm getting a theme here. How <laughs> many items have you either lost or had stolen over the last ten years? <laughs> too many, Steve. I can imagine. Too many. All right, uh, we got more promotions to talk about <laughs> with the A team. We'll get to those in a moment. But first, right back to Adrian and this Sports Center update. Hey, here's a really cool thing you can do, folks. You can go on the website at epchihuahuas.com, and you can go to the Promotions tab. Look at all of the game promotions, including the big giveaway nights, and you can buy tickets now so that you don't have to worry as we get closer to these giveaways. And make sure that you're going to get those tickets, have your shot to get those promotional items, and you're all set and good to go. And that's easy to do because every game has the green button that says buy tickets and gives you a chance to purchase seats for all of those uh those big time promotional giveaways best to do it now don't wait before Uh, they start going up i agree with you all right let's keep moving friday june 9th the dodgers are in town it's marvel superhero day and it's also bucket hat giveaway night so we have not uh, released that artwork of the bucket hat yet but can you describe it 
Well, it'll be it's, a bucket it's, hat. It's on Marvel Superhero Day, and we unveiled a new Marvelized logo and look and jersey. Um, so, use we'll, your imagination. There you go. Yes. Yeah. All right. Close your eyes and uh, yeah, think about what it Picture could possibly it for be. Yourself. Yes. There you go. I like that. Okay. Um, we will keep moving then and go next to Friday, July seventh. The Las Vegas Aviators are in town. I, I've noticed a pattern here. But wait, you're you're missing a very important day. Which day? July fourth. This is the first oh year my God, I ever didn't this. that you've, we will play on Independence Day. You've so never done this before. We have never done. We've always played on July third. Yes. So this year we'll be doing our Independence Day celebration presented by GECU on July fourth. On the fourth of July, no. we will have a an amazing fireworks spectacular. All the pageantry that comes with Independence Day celebration. And so get your tickets now because that's going to be one game that we're never going to forget. So I've noticed something. Part of the reason you've never had any July 4th games is you've requested that to always make sure the staff is off on the 4th and give them that day off. I think it's nice that once every 10 years, Mountain Star makes an exception (laughs) and books a July 4th game so that uh, the fans get to enjoy at least one every decade uh, a July 4th at the ballpark. What's more American than baseball and fireworks on Independence Day? Nothing. Exactly. We're very excited. We got a fun yep. night planned. That's the Aviators, by the way. So that's going to be a lot of fun. The GCU Independence Day celebration happening. Okay. Now, we'll go to Hawaiian Shirt Giveaway Night. Friday, July the 7th. I said I noticed a pattern. A lot of premium giveaways on Fridays this season. Friday seems to be giveaway night. Fetch that, the fun on those that's nights. That's right. Yeah, fetch the fun Friday. Hawaiian Shirt, in, I might be a little partial to this. I think this is, and I again, I can't share the artwork yet. I know this is. This cool. is going to be the best giveaway of the year. It is hands it down. Is this going to be artwork like we've seen on some of those old Hawaiian baseball shirts from the uh, '80s that that uh, are you, you have a hard time finding right now? Or will they be a little different? No, they're going to be different. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we so I, cool. I, we should be planning to uh, release that artwork probably this month, honestly. Okay. Um, but I. Buy your tickets even before seeing the art. That's yeah. going to be the best giveaway this year. If you July listen, 7th. you're the giveaway man. And if the giveaway man is saying right now, that's the night. That is the giveaway night of the season. Take it from Andy. Don't wait. Get those tickets now. Let's sell that game out before the season even starts. How about that? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That is that is phenomenal. Now I'm also into September, boys and girls, and I've noticed no other. No other premium giveaway is on that list so far. So that tells me there are going to be a lot of surprises during the 2023 10th anniversary season. Yeah, we got more to come. Uh, one, one that we do have on there is July 28th. Uh, uh, we're doing a beanie giveaway. That's right. And I will also just say you can d- use oh, yeah, your imagination. Yes. Yeah, you can use your imagination on the design. But we're going to call that our Christmas in July night. So... There you go. And the Beanie Giveaway is brought to you by Sarah Farms, for those of you wondering. Um, Yes, and it is also on a Friday, so good. As you you said and as you saw, Steve, most giveaways are on most Fridays, so be be on the look for future Fridays as we continue the season. And by the way, if you're on the website on July 28th and you you look under the fine print for Beanie Giveaway and it says – 
Fans through the gate attendants with paid admission will receive a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, oops. Um, That's my fault. Listen, <laughs> the point is this. What I'm trying to say is, is that the season hasn't started yet. There are still things that need to be worked out. They will be worked out, like and you will be good. It was like 11.30 at night when I was doing this, so I'm sorry. I apologize. We will go through and correct that. <laughs> it was literally like 11.30 at night. And when it says no Hawaiian problem. shirts, it actually means beanies. beanies so, yeah, yeah. just yes. you have to know that. You have to read our minds on that. That's one. right. Exactly right. I'm excited for you. I um, will say I was watching the Murdoch Trials when I was watching, <laughs> like on Netflix when I was doing this as well. And that is full why. disclosure. And that full is disclosure. Why this has happened. Adrian, thoughts on what's going to be a great year of giveaways? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Marvel one. I just loved the Chico Marvel crossover logo, and I feel like not only for families and for kids, but also for you know people like me, adults like me, the 25 year olds plus who are Marvel fans uh, who watch all the movies and also like El Paso Chihuahuas baseball. I feel like those logos and all the swag that comes with it, uh, it's going to be awesome. So that's what got me fired up. And that will be our next specialty jersey announcement. We have a retail ah. Marvel jersey that is already available for purchase right now. Very cool design. But we have a special on-field version of that Marvelized look that we'll be announcing soon. Oh, cool. So and if that I day go to the is actually, we released that too, that date, so, August. Yeah, so, uh, we have two Marvel yeah. days this year. We have June 9th, which will coincide with that be- uh, bucket hat giveaway, and then we have August the 12th, Saturday night. So I've already noticed that when I go on the store, I see a lot of Marvel Defender of the Diamond gear. Correct. We've got youth tees. We've got charcoal long sleeve tees. We've got 5950s. We've got 3930s. We got a lot of stuff with the defenders of the uh, of the diamond. And this was a program that actually Major League, Minor League Baseball, whatever you want to call it, was nominated for promotion of the year. Um, I, At the National Sports Forum that's this right. past week. Do you realize that, I'm going to say this, congratulations to that, by the way. This reminds me of a Pokemon character. It really does. When you see the fire coming out around Chico and stuff, and considering my son collected these Pokemon cards a few (laughs) years back, I understand what these characters are like. Adrian, do you agree that the Defenders of the Diamond reminds you it's a little Pokemon-esque? Yeah, I could see that. Uh, It kind of looks like an animated uh, pet kind of, uh, I don't know, superhero in that sense. So maybe like uh, Pokemon mixed with, what was that super dog that was uh, a recent, there was a a dog who was recently in like an animated movie. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but uh, nonetheless, it's kind of like those two combined. Okay. Yeah, minor league baseball in Marvel. This is one of the, actually their favorite logos, and and we've had great feedback um, all over uh, minor league baseball. And we have a consultant on the retail side, and he was telling me that there's teams around who are asking how they were a- we were able to get such a cool logo, and it was a process. Let me tell you. So there are some. You can go look at some of the ones that are out there. There were 98 teams that participated out of 120 um, in this Mar- Marvel program. And we are one of them, and I, I must say that we are probably one of the better logos. And this was a partnership with the comic book side exactly. of Marvel, mm. so it's not the Disney Super, movies and yes. everything. So that's why you kind of get that comic book feel when looking at the, the, the logo. Exactly. Pinky was very active during this hour, uh, messaging us on the mobile app powered by First American Bank. First off, Pinky says, I'll take a shirt. I won't tell anyone. Trust me. <laughs> so there you go. And if you need to give a shirt. Oh, one of the staff shirts. Got you, Pinky. Yeah. He also said, how about the new character in The Mandalorian? Will we ever see anything with that? 
possibly. All right. Got to keep an eye out for that. And also, Steve loves to talk food. I do. I am a big fan favorite when it comes to food because, I mean, baseball and food go together. And this baseball team always delivers when it comes to food. Uh, Some of the new food items um, that were debuted on Wednesday, what will fans enjoy the most? Um, well, the carnita na- carnitas nachos that I had mentioned are coming back. It's a fan favorite from our first and second years, so we're bringing those back. Um, one of the populars was a, a Nathan's hot dog wrapped, or Nathan's wrapped hot dog with bacon, but it also had steak on it, and that was really good. As from what I heard, I did not have that. Um, mm. There was also. One that we brought back, what were introduced in August, which was the jalapeno popper burger. Um, that had great feedback. And then the Nashville chicken tender fries. Wow. So, That's what I was going to mention. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we just did a video shoot with Chico, and it's these fries covered in buffalo sauce and chicken. and Oh, my goodness. It, delicious. Good. There's also, it looks like it's a double play burger. Correct. And that's going to be big. Is that on, with that Texas, actually, Toast. Like on Texas Toast? It's on year. Texas Toast. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Yes. Oh. It was so good. So good. Chef has done a really good job. Chef Maria Hurtado, mm. um, El Pasoan, she is amazing. In fact, Iris is going to do a feature on her next week. Nice. So um, you'll hear more about her story and how she uh, came up through the culinary ranks. And so she has done a really good job along with Adriana, who is our general manager for PSC, our contractor for food and beverage. They have done a really good job with keeping up uh, with our food and beverage options. And sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And so they're very good at pivoting midseason and trying to find what does work and introduce it for the following season. So, for example, the Jalapeno Papa Burger popper burger which was introduced in august they're bringing back and it was a pivot from something that wasn't working at the beginning of the season that was introduced so okay. they're very good about about gauging what our fans like and what they don't like and and putting those on the menu anything we else we need to wrap up before we have up the uh, segment with you guys anything else we're missing out i just say stay tuned there's way yeah. more to come this is just the top of the the cake the icing on the cake so. looking forward to it 10th year 10th year celebration come out uh, be loud. Come come celebrate with us. And GECU, our presenting partner for this year, um, we have so much in store, and we just want to celebrate our fans. It's been a great 10 years, nine seasons. Can't wait to have this one. Um, new coaching staff, which we introduced a couple weeks ago, Philip Wellman. Like him. Um, he's amazing. And so we're, we're excited. We're excited to do this. Andy and I have been here since year one, and, and we want to continue to be here year after year and celebrate with our fans. Great job, A-Team. Appreciate you you both being here. We'll look forward to seeing a lot of you uh, this year. Hey, that is awesome. And, uh, again, appreciate you guys being a part of it. Thank you for having us. Awesome. It's Andy, uh, again, Andy Enfeld, Angela Olivas. They are the A-Team, and they join us here on Sports Talk. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Hour 2 in a moment. More updates on the Chapin game as we continue. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Eight in front of six right now. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. 505-6009. Excited about the Chihuahua season. They got a lot in store. And uh, as always, some great items. I love the fact they're doing that ch- that uh, 10th anniversary ring three days into the season. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I love all the replica rings out there, and I feel like they just get better and better. I'm talking quality-wise. So uh, that is an excellent opportunity for fans to be involved and celebrate the 10 years here for uh, El Paso Chihuahuas baseball. Yep, that's 100% correct. Hey, um, are these 
dueling billboards real? Yes, they are real. Do we know where this is? Um, I believe it's Mesa, but I, I cannot confirm. It looks like it's Mesa. So on one end of the billboard, it has a uh, female smiling, wearing a New Mexico State shirt, and it says, you'd look better in crimson. And then it's got New Mexico State. And apparently on the other side of the board, it says, and it shows like the back of the same woman, uh, except uh, making a pickaxe sign, uh, uh, you know, like behind her back, it says, pick your future, not a color. And it's got the UTEP logo and it says utep.edu slash future. If this is real and yes. not a mock-up, that's pretty impressive. This is real for sure. Uh, I've seen multiple photos of this, not just this one user. So this came up today as far as billboards go. And uh, very creative by UTEP's marketing department to clap back after New Mexico State billboards were found near campus. Didn't take long, did it? No, but it's uh, very very uh, uh, strategic, and I like it. I thought it was very smart by them to do this. How are we doing right now with Chapin at halftime? Well, unfortunately, uh, Chapin right now, they were trailing. They had a double-digit lead going into halftime. Wyatt started to take the lead. 31-28 was the halftime score, and then 25, minute, or 25 seconds into the second half, Leverett and Brandon Himes have three fouls each for Chapin, so struggling a little here in, uh, to start the second half. Foul trouble is uh, it could ultimately be the killer when it comes because three fouls is huge and we already know that um you know why it's got size and that ultimately could be the decision when it's all said and done that's right i'll also say that this game is being streamed for free online so all you have to do is go to the wichita falls isd youtube page and it's actually being streamed for free oh that's very cool i like that all right we'll keep an update on that in just a moment hey Six o'clock hour. We'll get more reports on uh, Chapin. Is uh, Deaver going to join us sometimes in the six? That's right. He will join us uh, post game. Ah, looking forward to that. So we'll do that coming up. Final uh, hour next, right here, six hundred ESPN El Paso. Two twenty six left to go. Third quarter, forty three thirty nine. It's kind of wild uh, watching the Wyatt Chapin game on YouTube on the Wichita Falls ISD YouTube channel because when they show the crowd, like when they go from camera to camera, it almost seems like you're watching replays, not the live feed because they have so many angles and they just dissolve from one to another. It almost doesn't even seem real. Yeah, it's two baseline cameras, essentially, and no upward camera, so you don't get that high angle right there. You're basically getting uh, multiple baseline cameras for this, which gives you kind of that highlight feel. But they've got a camera there that looks like it's somewhere off the baseline that's showing. So I don't know, but like right now, yeah, we're watching baseline cams. So uh, uh, Chapin with the basketball, 43-39, and you'll see how they do the dissolves from one to another, and yeah, it's... It's kind of wild to watch. Good work, though. I mean, for just a high school broadcast like this. Oh yeah, and the Huskies, by the way, they've, you know, they're they're really not trying to push the ball up against Wyatt. They're trying to ultimately, um, you know, take as much clock as possible before they go to the basket. And Wyatt, you could tell, is exactly the opposite. They want to go ahead and try and push it up as quickly as they possibly can. So, um, at times. You know, it seems like the uh, officials are letting them play a lot. There's contact, but not a lot's being called. But you could just look at uh, Wyatt's size and see. Yeah, they've got, 
I don't know how tall number five is, but he looks like he's about six seven, six eight. Yeah, he's got great size to him. Uh, Colin just writes that now the Huskies, as they head to the line here, they are in the bonus for the rest of the half as well. So this could be a you know a long finish to close out uh, this Class Five A uh, Sweet Sixteen round. Well, again, uh, if the if the Huskies take care of business and make their free throws like they're doing right now. They'll keep adding to the totals and have a chance to get. Have the Huskies ever been to the Elite Eight? Uh, that's a great question. They didn't do it these past three years that they've been there. So this is where their season has ended the past three seasons. But I'm not well, sure in their entire history. They just made a pair of free throws. I think that was Goldsmith, too. So they find themselves up right now 45-39 uh, as they approach two minutes left in the third quarter. And, yeah, it is fun to watch this game right now because you realize just the intensity and the level of these two teams uh, you know, again, uh, this is what you want to see. And it looks like they just called, and I can't tell if they called a block or a charge, but uh, you could see it that, you know, again, Chapin a little undersized, ready to play in this one. Well, the key for Chapin is having that big quarter that head coach Rodney Lewis talked to us about all week long. They've always had a big quarter that has propelled them to victory throughout the entire season. So we saw that they uh, took over, uh, you know, they took a lead here in the third quarter. But can they hold strong here to close out the third quarter and put themselves in a good position here in the fourth? It's a million dollar question. Anyway, we'd love to talk about it with you today. If you would like to discuss uh, Chapin, uh, 505-6009. White ended up going to the line to shoot uh, a pair of free throws and uh, try to trim the Chapin lead, which I think now is uh, is uh, four at 45-41 with the basketball. So uh, they're nearing the end of the third quarter, but uh, they're, they're ultimately moving the ball around really well, getting good looks and Easy baskets like that one. They're just they're able to, to move the ball in and, and get good high percentage shots. Again, Rodney Lewis, this is what he prepares his team for each and every season. It seems almost like he knows he's got he has a great chance. And oh, it looks like they called an offensive foul on Wyatt, and their big man is arguing, saying that he got hit in the head, and uh, instead uh it's a foul against him. He can't believe it. And I don't know how many that is on him, but again, that's their big man. And still arguing his case, but Chapin's up six, and they get the basketball back after the foul. Yeah, this is a good way to close out the third quarter here for the Huskies. If they're able to continue to attack the basket and play solid defense, I mean, you saw them try to attempt a charge on the previous possession, and then here on this possession, they get called for that offensive foul. I'm talking about Wyatt. So great defense by the Chapin Huskies here. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and now they've got the basketball. They're up six. There's under a minute left to go, trying to take the clock down as much as they can to get a good-looking shot and hopefully add to the lead, which they did. Oh, missed the uh, shot, but they get the rebound back. Looks like Goldsmith gets the follow-up to go. 49-41, Adrian. Now it's an eight-point lead for the Huskies. Yeah, they're playing great right now. I really like the ball movement that we're seeing and also atta attacking the hoop. That was actually Adelius Coleman, number one for the Huskies, who just uh, oh, who brought Coleman that up. in. But a really nice effort by him, and he's played well this uh, second half. And in the third quarter especially. Meanwhile, another offensive foul call on um, on, on Wyatt. So the Huskies get the ball back with an eight-point lead. This is the opportunity you're talking about. 
and uh, their big man on Wyatt's is out with foul trouble. And it's a chance to try and extend the lead to double digits as you get into the fourth quarter. It's huge. So I wonder what the philosophy is here. When uh, they start to stretch and start to distance themselves with the lead, do they play keep away and hold and maintain the possession as long as possible for Chapin? Is that the strategy for something like this, Steve, in your in your opinion? It seems like that's what they're doing. It seems like they, they realize that if they play a track meet style game and go into up and down, that uh, they're playing right into Wyatt's hands. So they almost have to rely on their defense, grind it out, let the possessions go, and see if they can get easy buckets from there. And they've been really getting good looks inside, and that's the most impressive thing about it. And uh, at the end of three, Wyatt unable to capitalize. They are trailing Chapin 49-41. So the Huskies, eight minutes away from moving on to the round of eight. What an opportunity here for Chapin. Uh, I love how they're playing right now. Uh, really clamped down defensively. If you think about what they did here to come out of the half, they held uh, they held Wyatt to just scoring ten points here in the third quarter. And uh, when you when you look at it all right here and what they were able to do, I mean, from just scoring f- uh, twenty eight points at the half, they scored twenty one points here in the third quarter to take the lead. So again, outscoring Wyatt twenty one to ten in the third quarter. Here and that's 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 right now that that could be enormous for them. So they have an eight point lead going into the final eight minutes. I mean, you just want to take care of the basketball. You know why it's going to come at you with everything they have, and uh, hopefully Chapin can hold them off. That's going to be the key. That's right. I I love uh, what we're seeing so far from this Chapin team, though. I mean, just a lot of heart, a lot of passion, and uh, they're wearing it all on the on their sleeve here in this matchup. And Coleman has been huge. He's had some big buckets. Here in the third quarter, he's made his free throws, and you're right, Chapin just looks like a pretty confident team. Wyatt, I think, is starting to press a little more than anything else right now, given the circumstances. That's right, and I think this is the situation. Not just Chapin, but any El Paso team, when they're on the road in a playoff environment, they want to be in, and it's a lead going into the fourth quarter. Now, how do you protect that lead? That's the big question for Chapin here going into the fourth. Uh, it is, because you know Wyatt's going to be coming at you. And by the way, um, Nick Gunter is the player I was talking about that was arguing the foul call. 6-11, Adrian. 6-11. He's in foul trouble, which really bodes well right now for the Huskies as uh, they get ready to inbound the basketball, and we'll see if uh, they can provide uh, that what they need. Eli Rodriguez in right now with Diego Villanueva, and again, trying to get it done um, and, and, and build that lead. Yeah, I, I totally am with you on that. I feel like these are these are also very key possessions. Like Chapin cannot have any costly turnovers, and you have to go out and try to match the uh, basket total that Wyatt uh, throws at you here. So can't do any turnovers, can't make silly mistakes on offense, have to try to score each time you're down the floor. Hey, Peyton Parker's in the game also for Chapin, and he's had some big plays on the defensive side right now. Yeah, that's somebody who uh, uh, Coach Lewis talked about all weekend. Lou, uh, Parker comes off the bench. He's a six-five junior. Um, you know, he's also an El Pasoan here for this uh, Chapin Huskies team, and uh, somebody that they rely on to come off the bench and really provide a spark. I think Jaden Leverett's in foul trouble right now for Chapin, but he's got some big size for them too. He's probably the biggest player on their team. Yeah, he's their center on their team. He's only a sophomore, by the way, Steve. That's also impressive. So they get him uh, for the net for the foreseeable future. But you're right, he. Uh, I believe he had three fouls uh, at the start of the third quarter. So, yeah, he's only got two more. 
All right. Well, again, uh, Chapin's got to, uh, you know, play uh, the kind of defense they were playing in the third, get those baskets, and see if they're able to uh, keep that lead, which was just trimmed after a bucket by Miles Rigsby from Wyatt. So 49-44, Adrian, and they just uh, nearly turned it over again. So we'll see if Chapin can hang on to the ball, get those good looks, and uh, rely on their leaders to help take them through. You look at what Wyatt is doing right now defensively. They're pressing their guards at the top of uh, you know, the key. They're forcing Chapin to call timeouts offensively. This is the kind of stifling defense if you're the Huskies you're a little worried about right now. I'm not saying Chapin is rattled necessarily, but Wyatt is playing inspired. They're trying to come back and overcome the deficit that they had going into the fourth quarter. So, hey, let's see what they can do here in this final stretch. Again, we'll have uh, uh, Colin Deaver from Channel 9 join us a follow the game and we've seen it happen so many times where you play three great quarters of basketball but it's that final eight it's almost like the championship minutes you just have to be ready for especially against an opponent like this and especially when both teams are already in the bonus. I mean, now you have to play, uh, expect to play extended minutes here. You have to be ready to make free throws. And we hope to get Colin Deaver on the show, but the way that this one could go, knowing both teams could go at the free throw line the entire night, maybe this one lasts a lot longer than we expect. Could be the case. Um, other news I want to talk about here on the program as uh, Sports Talk continues. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard about what uh, DJ Turner did at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine, but how about a 4-2-6-40 at Lucas Oil Stadium? That's the Michigan cornerback, uh, DJ Turner. Yes, I did see that. Um, I saw another um, wide receiver in John Ross uh, just a couple years ago. 4-2-2, 2017 Combine, that's the fastest on record, and that's something that, that everybody's trying to uh, beat right now. DJ Turner, somebody who... I think can really make uh, waves when it comes to the NFL draft, a two-year starter for Michigan, uh, and he is the fastest player out of the first two uh, groups who ended up running. I just wish Lane Frank was here today. Right. He's in Dallas right now uh, competing in the DECA finals, I believe, or th- that, or either, either now or next week he's doing that. But, um, yeah, uh, that is big news. DJ Turner, uh, fourth fastest 40 at the Combine since 2003. All right. Uh, meanwhile, um, Wyatt's back at the line. Adrian, not looking good. Right now, you could tell Chapin uh, just needing to get some baskets. They're struggling uh, in foul trouble. That could be an issue here in the fourth quarter. And I think that more than anything, as we've talked about this for the whole first segment here in the final hour, it's survival mode right now against Wyatt. Yeah, I'm also disappointed they haven't scored yet here in the fourth quarter. That has to change right here for the Huskies. Uh, they've allowed a 7-0 run, I, yep. I believe, right now here. 49-48 to start the fourth quarter. You're right. Huskies have yet to score, and uh, they need some buckets in a big way. Otherwise, uh, Wyatt's going to just take over this final eight minutes and, and run away with this game. And we'll see. You know, they're doing a great job defensively on Goldsmith. I'll say that. And that's been one of the issues right now. But um, And, and there, there's just, again, not calling a lot of fouls, but they just got a second and third chance basket, which is important. Uh, a lot of great plays from Adelius Coleman right now. He's been huge. Yeah, he really has. I thought that Adelius Coleman was going to be maybe like a, you know, a rotational piece to this group, but he is an impact. 
impact player. He's probably the second best just watching this Chapin team, you know, for a handful of times that we have. He's probably like the second or third best player on this team when you look at them as a whole. Morgan Baldwin Jr. just got a basket and a foul, so if he gets this free throw, it will tie the ball game at 51 because uh, following that basket, uh, there was, uh, again, the, the, I think the rebounding advantage is what's killing Chapin, and it's forcing right now um, head coach Rodney Lewis to, ins- to insert Jaden Leverett back in the game to play with. I mean, he probably has four fouls, Adrian, but when you've got 554 left to go and you've got a one-point lead, you need to make sure that your big can get on the on the glass and get those uh, rebounds for and, you. And maybe it's just about the guards breaking the press that the uh, guards uh, from Wyatt are showing because it seems like as soon as they're able to break their front line, Chapin's had, had ease getting to the basket. So break the front line is the key for this Chapin offense, and uh, Wyatt's done a nice job to hang in now, but great layup, driving layup by Bri- uh, Bryson Goldsmith uh, to close out that possession there. And with a three-point opportunity. So just when you thought that Wyatt could tie the game, uh, Goldsmith, if he makes the free throw, has a chance to extend it back to a four-point lead with a couple of minutes into the, four, the fourth quarter. Misses the free throw. We'll update you on this as Sports Talk continues. 17 pass right now. Do we have Charlie on the lines? Okay, no Charlie. We'll come back with more. 600 ESPN El Paso. All tied at 55 with four minutes left to go. Exactly the kind of game Rodney Lewis was expecting. Keeping it low scoring, trying to grind it out, and play the kind of defense that his team needs. Problem is, Wyatt just banged a a three-pointer home, so they now have a three-point lead as Goldsmith takes the ball up the floor with three and a half left to play. Adrian, once again, uh, you know, if Chapin's going to survive and they just turned it over, uh, they got to come up with big possessions and, and not leave it like there. Yeah, I'm worried about their offense. That's what struggled here in the fourth quarter. You give a lot of credit to Wyatt for uh, putting the clamps down defensively in the fourth quarter. And what we're seeing right now is prior to that little run by Chapin, before they scored a couple points there, they were uh, being outscored 14-2 to by Wyatt in the fourth quarter. So not a good quarter for Chapin to try to close out this game on the road. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, once again, you know, you're just – Having to, uh, you know, having to play four quarters. That's the hardest part, you know. And if you look at this game so far, um, you know, the officials are letting a lot of these guys play. I mean, they really are. They're not calling a lot. They're letting them bang and... They don't want this game to be decided by whistles, which I which I appreciate. Me too. And now we're under three to go. We thought that we would see a lot of this end up at the free throw line. Instead, you're right. Refs are letting them play. I'm happy about it. And let's see uh, who ends up coming out on top. Still one possession game. Do we have a play-by-play for this game on this stream? No, do we, we do not. Just, just tried the crowd to, noise? Yeah, I tried to use some. I don't even think there's crowd noise. It's just static. No, yeah. there is static. That's right. They're just giving us the video feed minus no noise, no sound. That is interesting, uh, more than anything else. But hey, uh, Chapin trying. Do they have a do they have a shot clock in high school? No, no oh. shot clock. Okay, well that's probably one of the reasons why they're they're taking their sweet time because they know that they can wind it down and big three that was a little too strong. Uh, but they get the rebound. Goldsmith tracks it back. He fires a three and he gets it. Bryce and Goldsmith with a huge basket 
And I believe we're all tied up again at 58. I believe so, Steve. What a shot right there by Goldsmith. He is clutch. Actually, 59-58. Chapin by a point, Adrian. Yeah, this is awesome right here for the Huskies to try to continue to hold on to this lead late in this game. And it's so much fun to watch. And and I know you're not able to see it, folks. We are. We're just watching it on the Wichita Falls ISD feed. But really, it's been so interesting because this game has lived up to uh, the hype. It's been back and forth. And... These two seem like very evenly matched teams. Goldsmith just grabbed the missed shot, and they will have the basketball with 140 left to go, up by one. He looks exhausted. He has given every ounce of his energy in this game. I'm talking about Bryson Goldsmith, the senior uh, star for this Huskies group. Uh, very impressed by him tonight, and he's had to do a lot offensively. I like his slashing playmaking ability. Uh, he he definitely has a shot to his game as well, and this team is athletic. They're going up against in Wyatt, but I'm impressed by the Huskies' effort in this game. Nice move inside, and the basket is good. So they were able, I think Goldsmith got inside. Three point lead, 104 left to go. Actually, it's a 60 58 lead. I thought it was 61 because the clock was 59 58 a moment ago. But now with that basket, it's a two point game, Adrian. Two point game, 60 to 58, 102 left to play. And the way high school basketball is. Wyatt could hold down this last possession all the way and try to to uh, attempt the last shot. If they miss, Chapin grabs a rebound, then you have to start fouling. There's no uh, shot clock again, so you're forced in a situation to try to foul or create uh, you know, a, a turnover. Solid crowd there today, too, at Wichita Falls for this. I haven't seen the, the Chapin side, um, but it looks like, yeah, there are plenty of Chapin fans that are there watching this game, and um, excited and rooting their team on them. I'm seeing some of the crowd shots right now of the Chapin fans. Yes, uh, in the previous sequence, they did show uh, the the I guess like the Chapin fans, and they are well represented. So a lot of El Pasoans made the trip out to watch the Huskies. Well, let's just put it this way: two point lead um, on the defensive side. And here's the thing. You're right. Um, I don't know if Wyatt wants to hold the ball for the final minute. Have you ever seen that in a game? Yes. In a, in, in a two-point game, you will see a team that just milks a minute of the clock down to try and tie the game and leave no time left. Yeah, why wouldn't you at that point? It's It sucks. I wish there was a shot clock in high school basketball. Probably the most glaring thing we'll see right now. Uh, just dipping our toes and watching this one for the first time uh, for a high school basketball matchup in a while. But yeah, I, do, I have seen that before. And teams like to do gimmicks like that where they hold on to the ball, just try to get the final possession. Again, they're going to inbound it uh, near midcourt and uh, it will be Wyatt Ball with about a minute left to go. And let's see how quickly they attack it. Under a minute now, they move it outside. And it looks like they're going to uh, try to get a good shot here. No, they're just still passing around. You're right. They're working it around with 50 seconds left, and it seems like they are very patient, and they just want to you know, go for one and not go for two unless they get a really good look like they did there. A big block, and, oh, Chapin will have the basketball and get fouled. Huge block by Jaden Leverett inside as Wyatt was trying to go for the equalizer. Very impressive right there. Savion Jordan, that's a that's a football player right there, grabs the block immediately. Great presence of mind right there. So now you have a young sophomore in Savion Jordan going up to the free throw line to try to close this game out. And you have a young sophomore in Jaden Leverett who blocked that shot to potentially win the game. 
Let's see about Jordan's first free throw. It's up, and it is no good, but it was a two-shot foul because they're in the bonus. So that ball was off to the left to get one more, and this would make it a three-point game, which ultimately puts Wyatt really in a chance to have to try to shoot a three to tie. Um, Jordan with a big, big free throw here. He throws it up, and that one is also off. Same side. Both missed to the left of the rim. So 35 seconds left, 60 to 58. Adrian can't even look uh. as Wyatt tries uh, to move to the basket and looks like they call a foul. And again, uh, my question is, why now? Why, when you let him play, do you call that of all plays? Oh, man, they were playing with so much physicality on both sides, and they call a foul, a very ticky-tack foul. Now Wyatt going to the line to try to tie this one up. Yep, and this time it's going to be Miles Rigsby, the senior, to shoot them both. First one is on the way, and it's good. Difference between uh, Jordan and Rigsby, right there, the experience factor. Yeah, and it's a sophomore, Savion Jordan, a great football player and basketball player, but yeah, just could not close out the game with those free throws. At the same time, Chapin looks like they'll have the ball to play for the last shot of the ball game if this free throw goes in by Rigsby, and it does. Nothing but net, tied game at 60 with 28.9 seconds left to go. Oh, Unbelievable. Man. What a great, great basketball game. I'm just loving this uh, back and forth. The Huskies of Chapin just fighting uh, with all their might throughout this last stretch. It's just the ultimate what if. Oh, what if Savio and Jordan made those free throws? Even one of them would have made yes. a huge difference. All right. Uh, right now, the timeout is going on. We'll update you on what happens in a moment. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this last bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Goldsmith with the basketball, playing for the final shot for the Huskies, clearing out, and they call time. So Chapin and Rodney Lewis wanted a timeout to try to set up the final play as the clock was winding down in this one and making a drawn up, you know, what will hopefully be the game winner that sends the Huskies into the Elite Eight of the uh, state playoffs. This is a Sweet 16 game right now, and seeing what they decide to do here. 7.7 seconds left. Um, You know, with that limited of time, some would say, hey, take that outside shot, trust a shooter. My opinion, Steve, the way they've attacked the rim and had uh, luck doing that, try to work it inside somehow. Try to make that, I I know it's a little far-fetched, but maybe make the inbound pass going inside the paint and then try to get a low post bucket uh, down low. That's my opinion. I I feel like in today's basketball world, we see a lot of teams take deep shots or a three-pointer to close out the game with just you know under 10 seconds to go, but let's see what Chapin does here. Well, listen, here's the problem. Right now, you got to get the ball in your best player's hands, right? You expect goal Smith to have it and, and attack the basket late. Maybe, maybe he could get it, play make and and dish it down low to somebody like Leverett or uh, even somebody like Coleman down low. Let's see what happens here. Brandon Himes will inbound the basketball, and they'll have it with five left, and they're tempting the uh, the. It's Goldsmith on a fadeaway off the backboard, too strong, and it's going to go to overtime. So that time, good look, good look, tough shot, fadeaway. And uh, just too strong, didn't didn't draw iron, 
And uh, before the rebound, I believe that will now send us into the extra session. Man, I'm just uh, bummed out for this Chapin team. I feel like they could have closed it out in regulation. Uh, it's. I hope we don't have to ask what if in this game. And uh, I'm just happy this is a close one. But uh, it felt like Chapin had this right here. Just a great game by two uh, uh, outstanding varsity basketball squads. Absolutely. Uh, just saw this story. Apparently, Tony Pollard will be getting the franchise tag um by Tuesday and that is a, that is a storyline for cowboy fans we were wondering coming off of the injury if they would go and franchise Pollard makes the most sense to me it does because you know what you pay him and if he just doesn't have that same burst coming off the uh, the leg injury then you don't have to worry you could just cut ties after the following season but if you know he's back then you can go ahead and negotiate that uh, that long-term contract. So now you have the easy domino that fell, which is the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. What is next? Do you move on from Ezekiel Elliott, or do you draft a running back here? That's the million-dollar question the Cowboys will have to answer. And we heard today from The Athletic that the Cowboys will add a standout skill position player. I don't know what that means. If they're signing one in free agency, if they trade for one like the rivals uh, Philadelphia did, last offseason in acquiring A.J. Brown? Do they go out and try to uh, trade for a star receiver across the league, or do they draft a receiver here in the uh, in you know next month's NFL draft? It's such a great question. I don't know either. Um, that remains to be seen. Four-minute overtime, by the way, for high school basketball, and uh, it'll see who will get the opening tap as they uh, try and, and decide this game. It'll go to Wyatt. And it's hard to beat a 6'11 kid off the tap, isn't it? Yeah, I can't imagine right there uh, having to go up against that. So 60-all into the final session as Wyatt lost the handle of the basketball down low. And it looks like um, as they were going up for the uh, shot, we'll see if uh, the ball went uh, went astray. But it looks like the officials, I don't know if they called a foul. and not going to be seeing a shooting foul. I think they'll just uh, they'll call it out of bounds. Again, I don't get it. The officials have let so much go in this game, but... They blew the whistle to give Wyatt those two free throws uh, late in the fight with 28 seconds left. Yeah, that those uh, pair of free throws were very, very questionable. There were zero uh, free throws that went Chapin's way during that final stretch, so I don't understand it. Well, Miles Rigby was just called for traveling. He took an extra step before he put the ball on the ground, so uh, it will be Chapin basketball as they get their first possession. Three and a half minutes left in the overtime session, all tied at 60 it's Goldsmith that will have the basketball, leading it for Chapin, and we'll see if the Huskies are able to capitalize and get the lead back. Um, too strong on the jumper, and they, they could not save it. So Goldsmith with the opportunity, missed the shot, and the ball will go back to Wyatt. And that seems to be where we are right now in this one. Um, both teams are having good looks, and I give Chapin a lot of credit, don't you? They were down five. And they showed something coming back and took a two-point lead before White came back with those two free throws in the final 30 seconds. I feel like we can say from the the part that we've watched, which is, I would say, the better half of the second half, uh, Chapin has outplayed Wyatt. I think out Wyatt might be the more skilled team, might be the more talented team, but Chapin's effort is uh, very I- inspirational right here, which you're seeing, and uh, I hope the Huskies can hang on here. I will say this. Jaden Leverett has made a difference in this ballgame. He really has. And yet, I think they just called a foul on him off of a uh, missed shot. And if that's on Leverett, it could be his fifth. 
and let's see what uh, you know what happens because you wonder. I don't know if he came back in with three or came back in with four, Adrian. But uh, going to the line for Wyatt right now is six uh, eleven uh, senior Nick Gunter. Let's see if this is on Leverett or not, and if it is, and it's his fifth. Uh, then you know they'll have to play small the rest of the way in overtime. It looks like it. it, uh, it oh. I, I don't know. It, it Goldsmith looks- got hurt. He is oh. limping on his way back to the bench, and he has just been subbed out for um, Julian Pacheco. So Pacheco in for Goldsmith, who came back walking gingerly, which is big news because that's one of your that's your main go-to guy for Chapin here in overtime. Yeah, and I was saying this earlier. These guys are gassed, man. They've been going at it this entire time, and I get it. Uh, you, this is the state playoffs. This is what you play for down the stretch, but that's what happens uh, in the in these instances down the stretch sometimes. Wyatt missed a free throw, got the ball back, turned it over. So the Huskies down by one, 61-60 having an opportunity but unable to capitalize on the shot was um, Brandon Himes. So now the ball will go. Let's see if it's going to go back to Chapin. Nope, looks like it's going to go to Wyatt this time. And, uh, again, uh, Chapin's missed a ton of shots, ton of good looks here in the overtime session, Adrian. Yeah, you can't ask for much. They're attacking the rim. They're not taking uh, these, like, you know, deep shots or anything like that deep threes whatsoever they're getting production from their guys trying to play make at the rim and that's what you want from the huskies they're just not getting these looks to fall down goldsmith back in despite the injury ah leverett with a rebound and a putback and giving chapin that one point lead wow what a shot right there he's you know what steve he looked right there like a tim duncan i like that easy fundamental rebound easy fundamental putback Jaden leverett gave chapin the one point lead two minutes 10 seconds left to go here in the overtime session leverett has looked really really good since coming back oh and a huge block on a shot so again seeing it on both sides right now with leverett man he's he's got to be the difference maker of the second half. Bryson Goldsmith might be the playmaker, might be the guy who's going to get you the bucket, but Jewel, uh, but uh, Leverett, what he was able to do here defensively on both ends, it's uh, very impactful for this Chapin team. Diego Villanueva just committed a foul, so it's going to be free throws uh, coming up for Wyatt's uh, Jalon Germany, who is a six-foot freshman in the game, and man, what a baby face Germany has. Misses the first free throw. So, again, we've seen the youngsters at the line late in the fourth here in an overtime and not able to convert on both sides of the ball. Uh, Adrian, how rare is it that you'll see a freshman in the ball game for a team oh, this man. deep in the state playoffs? Okay, I'm not surprised it was a freshman. I'm looking at this kid, I'm thinking, no way this guy's in high school. No way whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, very rare to see them, especially at this level of the state playoffs. Well, he uh, makes one of two, so... Um, once again, you know, you look at it, Jalen Germany, a six foot freshman guard, um, for Wyatt and gets one or two here in the overtime session. And now Chapin will have the basketball. By the way, Steve, this is a really good Wyatt team. It's a fun game. This is a fun game across the board. 140 left to play all tied at 62 in overtime and Goldsmith with the basketball back in the game for Chapin, despite uh, looking like uh, he had injured his ankle just uh, a few moments ago. And now Chapin with 125 left, you wonder if they're going to even attack or just keep running the clock down and maybe try to play for a final shot. Yes, hold it as long as you can. I like this a lot. Just uh, show what Bryson Goldsmith can do as far as handles, uh, ping it around, find the open man. Uh, No need to rush this possession. No, that's right. 
although Goldsmith just uh, penetrated in. They just kick it back out. And now approaching a minute left to go in overtime. And that's what it appears. It appears right now that Chapin's going to play for the final shot, although Villanueva missed the shot, had a great look in and out, but they called a foul or three seconds on Chapin prior to the miss. Wow. I'm I'm baffled at this call right here. Is it a three-second? Was it a charge? What was it here? This is interesting. I mean, it looks like the Chapin bench is up in arms after this one. 55 seconds left to go. Why with the basketball? Now, they could play for the last shot. All tied at 60. They attack the rim. Bodies fall. Nothing called. Chapin in transition. We'll pull it out. And with 35 seconds left, they might get the last look here as they're going to try and see if they can win this ball game. Himes just got called for an offensive charge as the freshman Germany takes the body and they call it on Himes. That's because he's a freshman. He was pushed around because he's a freshman right there, but great defensive effort right there nonetheless. What a back and forth over the final minute. And once again, Wyatt this time with... 31.2 seconds left. We'll have the basketball as it's tied at 62 with a chance to win the game. This is why you love basketball. I I just love it right here because forget coaches at this point. This is just who can hoop, who can make that final shot. Germany has it. He's playing the point right now for Wyatt. We got a timeout on the floor. So with about 20, and Rodney Lewis looks like he's been through a marathon. 19.9 seconds left to go, all tied at 62. Steve, this is so much fun. I've just enjoyed this game uh, more than anything right now. What an absolute thriller right here. I just want Chapin to pull it out. I do, too. Uh, We'll keep it with you for the final 19 seconds. And if it goes to double overtime, we'll break. If it ends, we'll break. But we'll let you know exactly what happens uh, over these final 19 seconds. We've been doing this for the whole hour, really, because we started this uh, late in the uh, fourth quarter after watching, uh, you know, the really Chapin come alive in that third quarter to take the eight-point lead. But give wide credit. They bounced back and put themselves in great position here uh, late in overtime. Yeah, and we were supposed to speak with Colin Deaver, KTSM. I don't think that's going to happen, Steve. I think uh, what we're seeing tonight is uh, probably about it, but I'm cool with that. This is an excellent matchup, just back and forth between two excellent teams, and uh, the fact that we get to uh, broadcast at least um, you know, recaps of this uh, live on air, that's a, that's a benefit of having these games streamed on, uh, you know, online. It really is. And by the way, thank you, Wichita Falls ISD, for giving us this terrific video feed without sound because we get to be uh, your, uh, your voice as we watch this game. Yeah, and we're like questioning every single call and stuff like that. But yeah, I think we're, we're the good alternate broadcast, Steve. We're the Manning cast yes. is what we are. Yes. We are the Manning <laughs> cast for this one. So Chapin will have to play defense. 19.9 seconds left. All tied at 62 with Wyatt. And Wyatt will have the basketball with an opportunity to win it. So let's see what happens here as uh, they are going to pull it out and uh, attempt to try to win the ball game with Miles Rigsby with the basketball. He goes all the way in, gets a good look, goes short, rebound is loose, Chapin with the basketball, and we are going to go to double overtime. 
and Rigsby can't believe it. He is on the ground holding his head, but 4.8 seconds left, and it looks like Chapin will have the ball. Wow. He thought he should have been fouled there, Steve. So Wyatt pleading for that final uh, call. They, they, I'm glad they didn't get that one, Steve. I, that would have been really upset if they got that call. So 4.8 seconds left. It looks like Chapin will have one last shot to try to win it in overtime before it goes to double OT. This is big-time drama right now, Wichita Falls in the Sweet 16. What What a game. What do you do here? Is it Bryson Goldsmith trying to heave it up as soon as you get it or something along those lines? I don't know if you go Goldsmith or do you go uh, Coleman or even uh, potentially – uh, Brandon Himes, you've got a lot of different options right now. A lot of guys that are that are money players on this team. Yes, and even, I mean, who knows? If they get that pass uh, quickly in time, get it to Leverett. Give him a, a mid-range bucket. He's been killing it throughout this final stretch. I love Leverett, especially on the glass with those follows. He's been big. I mean, playing with foul trouble and what a difference he made in the game. Without him, they were getting beat up on the glass, giving up a lot of second chance, you know, second chance points. He comes in, it changes the complexion of the game in a big, big way. Yeah, and it seemed like Wyatt, even though they have size, they had no answer to him. And that's a, a testament to what uh, Leverett plays like here, probably playing a lot bigger than he actually is. Um, I'm with you on that one. All right, so we've got 4.8 seconds left. Chapin will have the ball. They'll have to drive the length of the floor, but uh, they'll have it with a chance to try to win this ball game. And in a 62-62 game, but under five left to play. So let's see who will get the basketball for the Huskies. Ah, it's going to be Himes. Himes has it, dribbles it. He passes it off. Long shot at the buzzer. And let's see what happened. Did they call a foul? I can't tell. Everybody's going crazy. It looks like yes. they called a foul. It looks oh, like Wyatt did. can't believe it. Oh, and it looks man. like who's going to go to the line? It looks like it's Jaden Leverett who's going to get to shoot free throws at the end of overtime. So they may have called something on the rebound there, Steve. Oh, my goodness. If that's the case, they may. Wh- let's get the replay in. <laughs> Wyatt is in shock. All we need is one free throw from Jaden Leverett, and they're going to advance into the Elite Eight. How about that? Oh, man. El Paso teams have always been on the bad end of other calls. It's great to see a call go El Paso's way if that's the case here. Oh, my God. They're huddling. Um, if this is Refs really – want to go home. I don't blame them. It's unbelievable. And, and by the way, is 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 this uh, – now? No, and nobody's talking to Jaden Leverett. Have you noticed that the entire yes. guys are just away from him? <laughs> Get is away. It, or, or is there no time left on the clock? I would assume with 4.8 seconds left, there can't be much, if anything, left on the clock the, right now. There's got to be like 0.1 seconds. That's probably what they're reviewing right now, the refs and uh, huddling up together on this one. Well, Jaden Leverett wants the ball. He's He plays with glasses. He's number 34. He's been incredible. Oh, and, man, Steve, this is crazy right here. Oh, my God. Uh, we are so overdue for a break, it's not even funny. We should have taken it about seven minutes ago. But we're just enthralled by this uh, Chapin game, which means we'll probably have no show left as soon as we find out if Jaden Leverett makes a free throw and uh, the, the Huskies advance. Let's see what happens here. He's uh, going to be firing it up, and he's too strong. Unbelievable. All right. So all Leverett's got to do is make this free throw, and the Huskies will have a one-point lead with probably a fraction of a second left. Can Leverett win the game for Chapin? He takes a breath, shoots. It's 
Too strong. It rims around. It's no good. And it's double overtime. Oh, my goodness. Poor that, guy. Oh, Chapin. Oh, my God. All right. We got a break. Let's come back. We'll wrap it up next. You've been listening to Sports Talk, 600 ESPN El Paso.